0: What's going on, people? I would like to welcome all of you to another Q on one edition of the Talk to Q Radio Show. My name is Quincy, and this is my show. And with the Q on ones, what I like to do is interview people. He has a YouTube channel and podcast called The Whip Show. From the Wolverine State of Michigan, please welcome Mr. Deshaun Whipple to the Talk you Radio Show. Deshaun, what's going on, man?
1: Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on, bro. Hold on, hold on, hold on. You don't just say, Let me introduce Deshaun Whipple. You gotta say, Let me introduce Deshaun Whip Dog Whipple to the show, man. Let's go. <laughs>
0: All right, all right. I keep that in mind. Whip down. All right. Oh, for <laughs> sure, man. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about yourself, man, and, and the Whip Show and how he got started.
1: Okay, cool. Well, cool. Well, I um, I just actually recently had a birthday. I just turned 40. I'm from Detroit, Michigan. Former pro wrestler. Uh, Now I'm doing a little bit of everything. But I did start a wrestling podcast called the Wrestling Heroes and Insiders Podcast, a.k.a. The Whip Show. You check it out. See, that's the acronym, the WHIP, and it got my name in there, you see. So, uh, and like I said, because I was a former pro wrestler, I know a lot of the guys over the years, and um, we've just been having fun doing it. We just completed season one. We're going to be starting season two real soon. Uh, We have some of the top names in the wrestling world on the show already from WWE, uh, WCW back in the day, ECW, Impact Wrestling, and more. So, um, it's just been going real good. Me and my partner, Devastating Daryl Pace, he's kind of like the uh, facts guy. I'm just the talking guy. I like to just go straight to your head. But, yeah, it's been fun, man. It's been a blessing. I really enjoy it, man.
0: All right, cool. So, w- when did you get into wrestling? How did that come about? Uh,
1: well, as far as being a performer myself, well, I-, I actually, to start off, like I said, I'm 40. So, I went to WrestleMania 3 here at the Pontiac Silverdome. That was Hogan versus Andre was the main event, okay. 93,000 fans. I was one of the first people, I uh, was one of the first shows I ever saw. I'd already watched pro wrestling a little bit prior to that, but that moment just did something to me. Seeing these larger than life characters, even at seven years old, I knew I was going to be a big dude, but I, I, I liked their energy. Cause they, even though they were big guys, they had strong personalities. You know what I mean? And I knew I was going to have one. That's kind of how the whip thing goes. So, from there, I uh, just kept kind of watching it. And as people normally start stop watching it, uh, as they become teenagers, get a little older, start messing with the girls and all that, I still was into it. Um, during that time, the attitude there was going on. When I was a teen, uh, you're talking about NWO, WWE, and all that stuff, Monday Night Raw, Stone Cold and the Rock. And just stayed a fan, man, just stayed a fan. Um, and then when I turned about I believe 17, I saw an ad in the back of a wrestling magazine called – the inside secrets of how you can get into the world of pro wrestling. It was a book you could send off to receive at that time. Wrestling was a lot more closed. You couldn't just get in. Um, you had to find a pro wrestling school to go to now. I mean, they talk about it all day long when you just go to NXT or wherever the uh, places are, it's really open now, but back then it was still kind of closed. So I ordered that book. It came to the crib and mom was like, I know you ain't trying to be a pro wrestler for real. Little did she know, I was going to keep on doing it. You know what I'm saying? Um, I had a great time doing it. I was on an independent circuit for many years. I got to wrestle some of my uh, favorites. I got to wrestle Marty Jannetty, who was uh, part of the Rockers, former tag team with Shawn Michaels. Uh, I wrestled King Kong Bundy. Uh, and It was wild wrestling him because I remember being a, a young dog. Yeah, yeah. I remember being a young dog watching him and literally crying when he squashed my guy, Hulk Hogan. You know what I'm saying? So being in a ring with him, actually having a match with him was really, really dope, man. You know what I'm saying? And I had a flashback. I'm like, dog, I'm going to get you back for making me cry when I was little and what you did to Hogan. You understand? You know what I'm saying? Um, I got to – I brought up some people from ECW. I even got to meet Hogan. And um, later in my career, I changed my gimmick from Mr. What's My Name, Whip Dog, to whip which was like a Black Hawk Hogan character. And I actually uh-huh. got to meet Hogan down in Columbus, Ohio, at the Arnold Sports Fest as Whipple Mania. So we actually have a picture online as me as Whipple Mania and him doing the Hulk Hogan thing. So, man, I've been really blessed. I actually had a couple tryouts um, with the WWE. Unfortunately, I never got signed, but I did get to work, um, like I said, as an extra a couple times for WWE, and it was just amazing, even being just an extra, getting to be slammed by The Undertaker at Joe Louis Arena uh, wow, in front man. of a, a live crowd. And keep in mind – this is a uh, uh, venue that I went to as a child that I paid to see, you know what I'm saying? And actually right. be behind the curtain and do it in front of that. I mean, you know, people are like, oh, man, you didn't make it fully fleshed WWE. But I got a check that had WWE name on it. And I'm going to be <laughs> honest, I never cast it. It's still on my wall. You know what I'm saying? It was a decent amount of money. Just the idea of doing that, uh, I I, don't, I didn't know if that ever would happen again. You know what I'm saying? Um, I did Joe Louis Arena, and then I did Chicago at the United Center. Coming from where I came from, the deep part of the east side of Detroit, you don't believe that that could happen. So, you know what I'm saying? I cherished that. I held on to that. And then after that, I kept on working in the independent circuit. Finally retired uh, about 2015, 2016. And I was still emceeing and hosting uh, different local wrestling shows. But then during this pandemic, you know, you had a lot of downtime. So I said, hey, yeah. why not start a podcast? Everybody else doing one. And I look through my connections, and it's been really great, too,
0: man. And I just had a fun with it. That's what's up, man. I mean, I think it is great. Anytime you can see something on TV and then be a part of it later in your life, that's, that's a, a great thing and something to cherish for sure. Absolutely, because even when we do our show, you know,
1: and the way I talk is just like I'm talking to you. I talk to these guys like I'm their peer, because we are. You know what I'm saying? They know, you know, even though they are stars, ain't nobody better than nobody. We all put our pants, legs on, you know what I'm saying, the way we do – we eat, exactly. we do what we do, and and when I talk to these guys, it's really dope because like they really vibe and enjoy us because we kicking it with them. We're not like, hello, my name is Deshaun I'm robotic, and I would like to know how you got started in your wrestling business. You know what I'm saying? We like vibe, we kicking it. And, like I actually was telling my uh, co-host, like dog, if I knew all these people back when I was wrestling, I'd have made it to WWE because I could have just made a phone call because they all think I'm cool. <laughs>
0: Oh, man. Yeah, they would have had you in there, man.
1: Right, because I'm like, I'm cool with everybody. they all the homies.
0: No, dog. they're calling me up. I'm like, come on, man. All right, so I, I don't watch wrestling as much as I used to. I still I still dig wrestling. You know, I can check it out every now and then when I'm flipping channels. But I also wanted to discuss mm-hmm. some social topics with you today. And, For sure. you know, you, you kind of, um, you you mentioned Detroit earlier that you, you know, you were in mm-hmm. Detroit, in Detroit. And there's so much going on in the state of Michigan, and a lot of people may not Mm -hmm. realize, but some of the things that are being publicized there are happening, you know, all over the the country in different cities. I want to start first with the facial recognition software that's Mm -hmm. that's, um, being used or was being used there. Facial recognition software is giving black folks the blues. And this company called DataWorks signed a contract with Detroit a few years ago and despite around 700 what, facial recognition cameras being installed around the city, crime is still not down. But mm-hmm. it's impacted, and it's said that the software struggles with race or gender bias. So, I mean, do you think facial recognition software can essentially be race? Indirectly, yes. Um,
1: I, I I tend to think that initially it probably wanted to come from a good place, but because just like any type of computer, it has its faults. Um, if you buy your cell phone, when you first get it, it works amazing. But as soon as you start downloading them apps, what happens to it? You start getting problems. Yeah. True or false? Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And, and I, you dig? And I equate it to the same thing, man. I, I, I just wonder, the initial creators of it, were they putting in little uh, coding to identify? Because as we know, uh, Detroit. Right now, I believe at this point, at the last census, it was like 83 to 85% African-American. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And like you said, they got all these different cameras and everything over. But again, if the software cannot distinctly uh, uh, define who is who, we're going to keep having problems. You know, there's no reason uh, uh, a young man or that has not done anything wrong or even an older gentleman who's with his family gets caught up for some stuff that he didn't do because it's facial recognition thing man i I, i'm not really a fan of it i think if we train our officers directly like we should which is the whole reason i think this black Lives matter thing is going on because the officers aren't trained the way they should be and they should not be just fearful of the community that they work for uh or or work in because i don't sometimes i don't think they really understand they're working for us they're not working against us but if they do that I think all the extra stuff wouldn't even be needed anyway.
0: Does that make sense? That makes a lot of sense, man, because I I do think that the mindset that some police officers have is just wrong. Like you said, they, they almost feel like it's us versus them. And it shouldn't be that way. I mean, their job is to protect and serve and that means everyone. And that should be kind of out in the forefront, you know? Um, And like the facial recognition software, I, I'm pretty sure, like you said, they probably thought it was something that was put in place to help, and it, it's not necessary, but it's turned into like a, well, I, w- I don't want to say a misuse of police power, but it, it's turned into something bad, and it's really affecting black people, and I've seen countless mm-hmm. examples of people who, I mean, like you said, picked up in front of their families, you know, on warrants and things of that nature that they didn't have because the software mm-hmm. thought that they were jaw blow, and they weren't.
1: And all we get, all we get is an apology. I'm sorry that this happened. But how can you take, a, you know, as a man to be arrested in front of your son or your daughter and you can't do anything about it and you and, and you didn't even do anything wrong, that's going to be burned and instilled in your head forever. You know what I'm saying? You already got to have that communication with your children about how to act and interact with the police. But for something like that and you didn't do anything wrong, that, that's definitely a shock to your manhood would you agree
0: i agree 100 percent. and uh um, yep. it's just bad all around an apology is just not gonna do it i mean yeah there's mm-hmm. some mistakes they just can't make mm-hmm.
1: hello fellow podcast listeners are you interested in a strange ufo story or maybe a haunting from the great state of texas or maybe true crime tickles your fancy and we may have a case you've never heard before If any of these stories entice you, then check out Mystified Podcast. We're a podcast that brings you strange and unusual stories every Friday. You can find us on any platform that you listen to podcasts on, or check us out on Facebook at Mystified Podcast Discussion Group, or even Instagram at mystified underscore pod. So grab a drink and come have a laugh and maybe a scare with us. See you there. Let's get back to the podcast,
0: Q. Okay, at one point, Flint, Michigan, was in the the news headlines all the time. The reporters mm-hmm. went away. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely.
0: Um, I was just talking to a friend
1: earlier, and I truly believe that the media chooses to uh, only pay attention to one thing at a time. And it's quite obvious that 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 happens. Uh, We initially had the COVID thing, which uh, maximized our television viewing and our our, our news viewing for uh, the first month and a half of it. Then as the protests came, we slowly stopped uh, referencing COVID. Once the protests died down, they started talking about COVID all over again, um, numbers and things of that nature. I say that to say like, like we just said, Flint has been having this issue for years, for years. It was six, seven, eight months before they even talked about it on TV or the news, mm-hmm. it, it is just, which is just absolutely crazy. Just totally bizarre. makes no sense. Um, and the unfortunate thing, because sometimes when media does jump on stuff or uh, then celebrities for like, oh, well, now we can go ahead and talk about it, we're going to take a stand But if it's not genuine, nobody really helps change it. You see what I'm saying? Because they – how can I put it? If you don't live in Flint, most people don't truly care. And I I really think that's the issue. The people didn't really care. Um, It was good for the moment, but people didn't really care. But that's why, on the reverse side, it's so important for independent media, such as podcasts and Internet radio, because we don't have a narrative – that we have to align with when we speak Amen. you know what I mean we can say whatever we want to whether we you know yes or no whether we agree or don't agree you know what I'm saying and we actually can help change way more than a, a, a total conglomerate uh, such as uh, CNN or anything else so it's not knocking any of those media outlets but we can do what we want to speak on really making an adamant change when they were able to give out stimulus checks possibly another one coming up soon. When they were able to give out uh, 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 the business uh, 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 grants that were upwards of millions of dollars, when they were able to give people six hundred dollars extra uh, a week for the pandemic unemployment assistance package through the CARES Act, there was money available to help Flint. So why, 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 why was it not being helped? We had, we had our, uh, we had our governor and all that doing. You know, we had people doing things. Nobody really did it. They, they did it for a hot second, but there's no reason. Three years later, this would
0: still be an issue. It's ridiculous, man. I mean, it's been, what, six years or so since um, I think it may have been first discovered there was lead in the drinking water. Now, those kids are growing up with God knows what in their bodies. And, uh-huh. and Flint mm-hmm. has high, one of the highest poverty rates in the um, country. And, and They're not the only city going through this. You know, tainted drinking water. Is a problem across America and impoverished areas, and mm-hmm. everyone should have access to clean water in which to drink. I mean, and bathe and mm-hmm. wash their clothes in. I mean, so what do you think is taking so long for Flint to get this right? Is it the the quote unquote leaders we have in place that's that's causing the issue? I, the
1: I think it's a little bit of that. I think it is the leaders in place, but also again because it's not national. It's, it's not news anybody cares about. Nobody cares about Flint. Flint isn't a mecca. Flint doesn't uh, turn over a lot of revenue for anybody else. You know what I'm saying? Um, If this was happening in a major city in New York, in New York City or something like that, it would be a big thing. You dig what I'm saying? Flint is what it is. (laughs) You know, the few people that came out of Flint, you got your Floyd Mayweather's. I believe Terry Crews came from the area. They don't, they're not there. They don't care, you know. i they don't care anymore because they're not there. It's not a thing. They, you know, and I think that is the biggest thing because it's not a mecca. It's just a place we can let die. We have another city here now. Obviously, they don't have the uh, they don't have a water issue, but there's a city called Highland Park, um, which is a, 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 a in Metro Detroit. Highland Park is probably worse than Detroit. It used to be an uh, amazing industrial area, but now it is truly destitute. Just nothing. Literally nothing. And it's been like that for 15 years, but nobody cares because
0: it's just the park. Yeah, it's sad man. It just these yes. people in this country are forgotten about just because of you know where they where they live, and it's it's unfortunate. And there have been estimates of over 14,000 kids in Flint under the age of six being exposed to lead in the water, and we don't know what the long term effects of that would be on them health wise. Mm-hmm. And, and that's not
1: right. And as much as I hate to say it, um, I, I truly believe, whether we we don't want to believe it, but a lot of us, especially if our money is not, quote, unquote, long, we're just guinea pigs. We're pieces of furniture. We're we're, we're almost toy soldiers to the world. You know what I mean? So, again, you got yeah. a place like Flint where there's not bringing a lot of money in, they're, they're just guinea pigs. Well, let's try this. Let's try this filtration system. It didn't work. Okay, we didn't lose that many people, so it's – or uh, we'll try something else. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't it, – why is Will Smith's son, uh, uh, Jaden, doing more to help Flint water? And, you know what I'm saying? The right. actual people, leaders here. You, you know what I mean? He really – he don't really have to. He don't have no connection to this thing, but why is he doing it? And it, it, even though he is Will Smith's son, he ain't no, uh, he's not a, a super A-list celebrity other than being Will Smith's son. But why is right. he helping more than other people? You, di- you dig? Yes, it's, it's ridiculous, know, it's, man. Absolutely. Absolutely, man.
0: And so, now I have a question that just, I guess, for my personal curiosity, man, Guarman Kilpatrick, who was hit you. with, like, 24 felonies some years back. And, you know, I'm on the outside looking in on that situation. He's been involved in a ton of controversy and linked to a lot of criminal activity, but how do the people mm-hmm. of Detroit feel about him? I mean, was he a dirty politician in your opinion, or <laughs> did he just get caught up doing some other things that politics that, um, that politicians get away with all the time? Ah, that
1: is very a uh, double-edged sword, slippery slide, whatever the catchphrases and sayings are. Um, in a general consensus, uh, the Detroit a lot of Detroiters feel like he. Uh, was played, if you will, that yes, he did wrong things, but it wasn't any different to anybody else. And a lot of, because there was a, probably maybe a, two months ago, there was a rumor that he was going to be let go early, um, because of uh, Corona. Mm-hmm. Um, found that we found out that wasn't true; that he was not getting let out early. But when they thought it was, they were. And how can I put this? I love my people, but sometimes my people get a little bit too geeked up and overhyped. They were ready to have uh, the Kwame Kilpatrick parties. They done put his picture on flyers and all types of stuff here in Detroit. You know what I'm saying? That's how serious it was. Like They were geeked up. Now, but like I said, on the reverse side, uh, a lot of other races and things feel like he was the true crook that they said he was. The racketeering and all these different things. Um, The rumored death of uh, the strip of strawberry from the party he had Allegedly had that was never proven But in in, in Historical lore Pretty much people say it did happen um, They feel like he should still be locked up for another 27 years me personally And that's why I it's a bit of a, a Double-edged sword for me personally I did Have a not a direct connection but a very Indirect connection um, during the time he Was here I used to work For the city of Detroit's recreation department So I worked for uh, the city mm-hmm. Municipal government or whatnot. Um, At that time, a lot of us became furloughed. A lot of people lost their pensions. A lot of people uh, took a lot of pay cuts due to the things that he was doing, the monies that he was taking. So, me personally, I really do think, again, this is just me speaking. This is just me speaking. I do think that time, that he needs to serve time. Now, I do think that. Uh, the 27-year uh, sentence that he got was a little strong, but I definitely yeah. think he definitely should have been at least 10 to 15 because them ain't – racketeering and all that stuff, that's no joke. And a lot of the stuff people that he was convicted on, people don't know. They're just taking the fact that, uh, well, all he did they think all he did was uh, cheat on his wife and all he did was uh, take some money off the top. There's a lot more things that people weren't aware of that they they are privy to, but they choose not to hear. You know what I mean? But, again, I do think 27 years is a little bit strong. But I definitely think he should have at least 15.
0: Okay. Okay. I've always been curious about that. Just wanting the insider's opinion. And I'll get you out of here on this, man. I mean, we have police brutality, a messed up Uh court system. Um, Redlining, which erodes our public school system, poor health care. So you're, I, I'm dubbing you President Whip Dog What is okay. it going to take to open the eyes of the people in this country when it comes to social injustices against people of color? What would you do? Well, it's funny. I actually um did an episode about this. I had
1: uh, a professor Jay Kurz, who did some work with The Rock, and he actually was a white young man. Um, he was saying the first thing, that, and he's really been pushing the Black Lives Matter movement, but he was saying the reason why, because he was a white cat out of Venice, California, Venice Beach, California. And he said growing up, he really didn't realize how privileged he was. So I think, and he said until things started happening, until we got older, started being around some of his buddies that he said, oh, everybody could just work until he really realized this stuff is no, it's not even. You know what I'm saying? Me and my man can walk down the street, and they'll let me walk down the street and bother him and ask him, how does he know me? Little things like that. But one thing mm. he was doing, I think it truly takes for people to first see the social justice, I think those protests did help to a degree. Because if it did nothing more, it at least made people look and see what's going on. It's like looking out your window and you, you hear a noise. If you don't pay attention to it, it, it didn't happen. But if you look out the window like, well, what is that? At least if you look, that, okay, that starts the conversation. Now that we got people noticing or at least looking, now we can start doing change. I mean, we could put a lot of laws in place and all that stuff. I thought oh, that sounds good. But till people really have conversations and really want to change, we won't change nothing. I, I, you know what I'm saying? We could, we could essentially, like with the cop situation, those people, those cops, they got to go to jail. They got to When they do wrong, they got to go to jail. Like I said earlier, we got to get better yeah. training for the police. We got to get better training. Um, I actually led, uh, helped lead a protest we had here uh, in Dearborn. Dearborn is a uh, primarily um, Arabic and Chaldean uh, community. Uh, 15 years ago, from my understanding, well, I do know that it was highly racist over here. Their, their mayor that they had a statue of was admittedly racist. But now they're trying to at least change the culture. You know what I mean? And I think, till you had a conversation, that was the one thing we said. Train these people. Make these people understand, just because somebody's scared color, you ain't got to be scared of them. That part. You know, one thing I think that is helping um, people now, and I'm talking about the, the generation younger to me. I'm talking about 25 and under. What I am okay. seeing with them, different different races different things they're actually kicking it and hanging with each other more one of the biggest things i think because we we watch tv we see social media we see how we see a news uh, page and we see the comments that everybody's battling but nobody actually talks to each other if people actually look around each other realize dog we all want the same thing we want to make money we want to have a good life and we want to chill you know what I'm yeah. saying, and have a great family. If we, re- if people realize this, because the truth be told, let's really go there. Whether somebody went to college for eight years and became a doctor, or if somebody was on the block, they both did it to do what? Get money and live a good life, right? Exactly. Both, both, both two different scenarios, two different ways of getting it, but they they were the same endpoint. They both wanted the same endpoint, and if. And if that doctor made enough money, and even if that – I hate to use the term, but even if that D-boy made enough money, they still might end up living next to each other in Calabasas, true or false? That's right. You tell the truth. It happens. But I think – so uh, with all, the social, all this stuff, is good. We can put all the laws in place. But I really think till people start sitting down with each other, interacting with each other – for example, I, I'm not sure where you work at, but you ever worked at a place. And then you notice you got different uh, ethnicities working there. By the time six months go, y'all going to have a beer together. You know what I'm saying? And you got a melting pot of people laughing and joking. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, and we also, we, we can't be scared to discuss race. The biggest lie that we sit there and say is, well, I don't even notice color. color. <laughs> come on. You know what I'm saying? Like, we're not, we're not a lot. You know, I I just told, last week I went on my was, for my birthday I went to Vegas. It was myself, uh, a Latino gentleman. It was a a, a, a Caucasian person, and it, and it was a uh, uh, and it was a person that was like mixed with African American, uh, Caucasian, and Japanese. The four of us, and we had a great time. You know what I'm saying? Did we crack jokes and stuff that were internal? Or, yes, we did. But we had fun because we just enjoyed each other. You see know what I'm saying? And I think that's the key, man. I know I'm going off, but that's my thing. I think all, that's just what we have to do. People have to have that communication, open dialogue, talk about what's real, and figure out why we feel the way we do. Because if somebody grew up in a, in a neighborhood where they'd never seen any black people, like there's a, 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 a city in Michigan, up in two St. Marie, and I, when I went to college in Michigan State, one of the white cats said he had never seen a black person in real life until he went to college.
0: So wow, his images
1: of crazy. black people were nothing more than fifty cent and everybody saw on D T or on the reality show where they were fighting and arguing. So how could I how can I not understand if he feels a certain type of way when he never even seen a, a dude just in you know, eyes and chilling? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Then we yeah. then we get to college, he realized we play a video games. we watch I'm watching wrestling just like him. But in his mind he didn't know that. Or vice versa. If you if you from the hood and all you see is all these white cats, blah, 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 being racist, and then you, before
0: until you actually meet them and actually have a communication. You're right, man. Sorry, I get hyped when I talk. You. I get hyped when I talk, man. <laughs> yeah, But uh, you're, you're right. Exposure makes a huge difference, man. Sometimes you just have to get to know people, and, you know, and um, things take off from there, and you realize they're not so bad. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. But
0: until we had a dialogue, until we stopped pretending like – we the, got the, the, yeah, one half, like you said, the half of people saying, oh, well, I
1: don't see color. Another half, that's all they see. So we had that in between that dialogue, and it ain't going to never change. No laws, okay. no nothing to change nothing.
0: I don't know if it's going to change in our time or not. All we can do is keep our fingers crossed and keep working.
1: Amen, so, my
0: brother. Amen, my brother. All right. Well, Deshaun Whipple, a.k.a. Whip Dog. Man, yes. I appreciate you taking the time to join this q one podcast. <laughs> know <laughs> where they can find
1: The Whip Show and how they can connect with your social media. For sure, for sure. Well, guys, make sure you check us out the Wrestling Hills and Inside the Podcast, a.k.a. The Whip Show. You can listen to the podcast each and every Friday. We have new episodes. Go to anchor.fm slash The Whip Show. You can hear us on any other podcast platform, Spotify, iTunes, Google, all that. Apple, you know what it is. Um, follow us on Instagram at... The Whip Show podcast, and you can like us on Facebook, The Whip Show podcast. If you just want to talk to me, because I'm goofy on Facebook all day long, just put in Deshaun D E capital S E A N Whipple W H I P P L E. Go ahead, add me on Facebook. I like the clown, and if you're silly, you silly, you'll enjoy yourself.
0: All right, man. Well, look, I appreciate you taking the time to do the show, and uh, that's it, man. Thanks a lot, man. I have fun. Take care and that's going to do it for this t2q podcast go to talk 2 q.com and that way you can sign up for the email newsletter and be alerted to new shows as they come out i'm on twitter at talk and that's talk the number two q so i want to thank all of you for listening to this podcast of t2q and i'll see you next time